Hey, this episode of the Adventist Millennial Podcast is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. What's the and more? Well, you'll have to go to their website to find out. Thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Well, everyone, I hope I'm still alive as you're listening to this and that I haven't died in a communist Cuba. But fingers crossed I'm still alive and kicking and you're not listening to a relic that you can post on Last Images subreddit or Last Podcast Episodes subreddit. Anyway, uh, help, I don't know what I'm doing. But like I promised you, hot apple pies coming out of the Apple Pies for Whales shop even though I'm indisposed. So, you know, I should get some points at least for that. (laughs) Uh, What are we talking about today? Today, I am going to tell you guys about my opinions on Good Omens, which is a new Amazon show. If you haven't watched it, you're going to get the 411 on that. And then I'm going to talk about forgiveness and, you know, just being angry about stuff. Um, and then we'll, we'll see where that takes us. And since this podcast does not yet exist in a communist country and there is technically still free speech, I'm going to go ahead and use my free speech to plug all of my (laughs) social media. You can find me at abnessmillennial at gmail.com, sdamillennial on Facebook and Twitter, etc, etc, on Instagram as well. Um, I can't guarantee you that I will be very responsive for the next couple of weeks, but I will eventually get back to you if you have comments, if you have questions, if you have suggestions for topics, if you have people you want me to talk to you, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so let's go ahead. Okay, so, Good Omens. This is a show on Amazon. Um, and... It is a little quirky. It is very quirky. Like, it's a little too quirky even for me. And I like quirky. I liked Pushing Daisies. I liked freaking, like, Futurama. (laughs) Is Futurama technically classified as quirky? I mean, okay, New Girl. Like, Jess in New Girl is quirky. (laughs) But anyway, um, this is a very, uh, very, um interesting show just the tone and the feel is i don't know if it's made by british people it has a british kind of feel to me like the way they the stuff is written and the the jokes and the sort of the tempo of it i don't know i could be wrong i don't know that for sure anyway the point is um it has the show has david tennant in it and i will watch anything with david tennant okay that's a lie i didn't watch doctor who (laughs) sue me i'm not planning to watch it but he was really good in jessica jones if you haven't seen that the first season he was really good in broad church um he's good in a lot of stuff so of course i was gonna check this show out and it has a lot of religious themes so that piqued my interest as well um but the premise of the show basically is you have David Tennant who plays a demon and Martin Sheen which Sheen is this I get them confused Michael Sheen um yeah so Michael Sheen is an angel and the premise is that they uh are trying to stop the apocalypse because they don't want 
they kind of like the status quo, the stalemate of the conflict between good and evil. And so they don't want one or the other side to win because that then that means one of the two of them will lose. And they're kind of friends, but kind of antagonistic, but also mostly friends. So they kind of start working together in concert to stop the basically the end of, you know, the end of time, the apocalypse, the mark of the beast or the... Um, the Antichrist, whatever. So you have this angel and this demon working together. Um, and it's just about, about that. Well, as you might imagine, a show like this is highly irreverent. And, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But the plot of the show is very convoluted. Um, also, Francis McDormand is the narrator, which is interesting. It, it was a little distracting, to be honest, because she has such a distinct voice. But, but anyway, Frances McDormand, I think, is supposed to be God narrating this. Um, and it's just, it's very fast and complicated, but not in a Gilmore Girls way, more like in a, uh, what's happening? That was random type of way. Maybe it's, I'm telling you, this is why I think it's British. <laughs> uh, the writers are British. I haven't looked it up, though. Also, can I just say for a second, what what is the fascination currently um, in pop culture and various other places with God being a woman? I, I don't understand this. Um, God is a woman in this show. It's, it's mentioned a couple of times, I think. Okay, here's the other confession. I've been, I've watched several episodes, maybe like five episodes of this. But I was always doing something else, so I wasn't fully paying attention, so I probably missed a lot of, like, plot-y stuff. But they did mention, I noticed several times, referring to God as a woman. And, of course, Frances McDormand voicing God <laughs> gives that away. But then you also have things like, you know, Billie Eilish has that song, All the good girls go to hell. Because uh, even God herself has enemies, and once the waters start to rise, she'll want the devil on her team. So, Billie Eilish is talking about God is a woman. Ariana Grande, obviously, talking about God is a woman because her song is called You Believe God is a Woman. <laughs> um, and then even, like, in Christian fiction, if anybody read the book The Shack, God was, like, a black lady in that book. Um... I don't understand. Like, and also I've heard within religious circles arguments about, like, oh, is God gender neutral? Is God a he? Is God a she? Whatever. I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest. I think it's kind of like a a nil thing to discuss, but whatever. I just think that's an interesting fact that God is depicted as a woman in a lot of pop culture. So, this show, going back to Good Omens, this show goes hard against religion. Like, it's palpable how much it's basically just a takedown of religion. It really just cuts straight to how terrible God is and the people who follow him. And it's the whole inversion where, yes, the angel and the demon are working together, but also you kind of get the idea that the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys are the the bad guys in in the sense that David Tennant really is the protagonist of the show and uh, Michael Sheen is kind of a foil and so okay on one hand I don't have a problem with this takedown this takedown of religion because the religion that they're taking down the idea of God the concept of 
of the god that they're depicting and the concept of religion that they're depicting is something that I also disagree with and I talk about that every week on this podcast. So I don't have a problem inherently with them uh, picking apart religion that doesn't make sense or contradictory religion or, you know, distasteful religion. I don't have a problem with that. I do it all the time. But, there's another but, um, this show, I don't feel like, is really posing questions. And I feel, I personally think that good art is good at posing questions. Asking things about life, like asking the the observer of the art, or the consumer of the art, the reader, or the watcher, or whatever taking them on a journey with you to make them ask the questions that you're asking. Whether or not you have an answer in art is really secondary or irrelevant. Um, and this show doesn't seem like it's doing that. It seems like it's saying something bad about religion <laughs> while also presenting the inverse as, you know, the better. Maybe not, maybe not the ideal, but like, of the two better than religion and I do have a problem with that idea um because then it ceases to be art and it's it becomes someone's angry rant against religion and then the goal becomes to say that the that the bad guys are that that the demons and the witches and all these guys have some kind of answer that religion doesn't which I also think is not true um so, so yeah, uh, but, but my conclusion in watching this, and, and granted I haven't finished it, and granted I was only half watching it, um, but I will say, when I see things that push back against religion, most of the time it's pushing against a religion that I also disagree with, so I can't really have too much of a bone to pick with it, but... I do think, I do also think, as I've said a hundred times here, this is why we need to have something better to answer. Because if you're creating art that is asking those questions and sort of filleting the the religion that that proposes a terrible picture of God and, and the way reality works and, and human life, that's one thing. But if we don't have anything to step in and say, here's the answer to your question, um, then <laughs> then what are we complaining about? Um, and like I said, this podcast specifically, I don't consider it necessarily art. So if I have a point to make, you know, I'll make it, even though that's secondary always to laughing about something. But, but... What am I trying to say? I guess I just contradicted myself in that I said art should only ask questions and then I said we need to have answers to the questions that are being asked. Um, but you can also, I think we can also create art that asks the right questions um, because questions can lead you to your own implied answers. And I think that's the I think that's the more effective way to go about making a point. It's like the inception of the, the thing where you're asking a bunch of leading questions until the person thinks they came up with it on their own. Or, or you know, just genuinely saying, even if you don't have the answer, like, there's a problem, like many of us feel, I think, there's a problem <laughs> within the church, within the way we look at God. What is that problem? Even if you can't always pinpoint exactly what that is. 
Um, and I'm not being as articulate as, as I want on this particular subject, but, but basically the, to boil it down to a simple (laughs) summary is Good Omens, uh, the style of it is not really something that catches my attention as far as entertainment goes, and I have a problem with not, not the takedown of religion, but the sort of answer it's giving, and that led me to conclude that we as Christians who feel like we have the alternative to the religion that they're taking down should be stepping into that void, providing something that offers people, if not answers, at the very least, the right questions to ask. And I'm preaching to the choir here because I would like to be making that stuff and I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing this po- this podcast that I'm never completely satisfied, but hopefully it's it's useful to, su- to you guys in some way. But I, I, I would like to be answering things in the artistic world. Um, so I guess I need to just take that as a cue to myself to go ahead and get started on that. Anyway, that was way more disjointed than I had hoped it would be. Hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, And also, I still like David Tennant as an actor, even though he looked creepy with those snake eyes and not great with long hair. Okay, (laughs) let's move on after, before I crash and burn this entire episode. (sighs) Let's talk about forgiveness. This is something I was thinking about uh, the other day, because as usual... We're starting with an anecdote about my personal failings. (laughs) Uh, Last week, or the week before, obviously, I know that I told you guys that I rage quit my ISP. Um, But, like, I wasn't actually extremely angry about it. I was just kind of done. I was even a little bit slightly amused by it. Um, But I wasn't actually, like, really, really mad. Well, this last week, I did get really, really mad. And go into an actual real rage the other day. Um, and let me just tell you why for a second. <laughs> Where I live, getting packages is such a huge pain in the butt. Um, first of all, we have those little pigeonhole uh, mailbox things. So if you get something any bigger than that, it won't fit in the mailbox. So they have these two package, you know, as they do at apartments. They have these two package boxes that the mailman can put um put your package in and then you just leave the key uh it locks the key back into the door of it whatever you know what i'm talking about well some dingus in our complex uh has had packages in both of those package boxes for several months and so the package box is never available when someone has a package to make things worse our complex has a gate, and it's like an old school gate with a key thing. There's no code, so there's no way, I mean, the the random delivery guy is not going to be able to get in by just punching in a code. You, Someone has to actually <laughs> open it for him. And then to make it worse, kind of like the unspoken culture here at this complex is that you just leave a sticky on the gate and say like please leave it open because i'm expecting a delivery (laughs) however even if you do that there's a 50 percent chance someone will still close the gate anyway like five minutes before your package arrives so you're like checking 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 all day oh the gate's still open oh the gate's still open soon as you turn your back someone closes it and then the delivery man comes and then you get an email saying this package 
failed to be delivered because your gate was closed. And then you have to go pick it up at the post office or they just don't deliver it. And then you have to wait for them to come back. Or then you have to like track down your package from some FedEx facility. (sighs) And then what actually made me spiral into a rage was... I had ordered something that I needed that day, cause I, not that day, that I needed in the next two days, hashtag Amazon for two day delivery, um, because I was about to leave. <laughs> and so I knew that I was going to need it. So I was like trying, trying, trying to make sure that the gate was open. And of course, I got the email that says, your package failed to be delivered. And I just, you know, Unfortunate to say, I flipped my lid. I was extremely angry at everyone in my apartment complex for being the actual worst in the history of the world. Um, and I, you know, and then after, like, the red cleared from my vision, um, I realized, like, man, I hate being angry. Being ag- angry sucks. It It's a terrible feeling. Um, but then realizing, like, oh, shoot. I don't like that, um, (laughs) brought back memories of high school when I was really angry a lot, (laughs) unfortunately. I was constantly mad. I was mad at my parents about stuff. I was mad at my siblings about stuff. I was just angry at everything all the time, and it was a miserable feeling. So, uh, when I had this, like, just... flash of irrational anger about my stupid package um it took me back to that time you know when I was just so angry all the time and I don't know if this is just like a hazard of being a teenager that you're just angry by default (laughs) but I I started realizing that I hadn't been that ticked off in a long time and like I I couldn't really remember the last time I'd really been that enraged about something and and but that was a good thing obviously and i was wondering like why how did that happen because i i certainly didn't sit myself down and say like we need to address this problem of you just being mad at the world all the time and try to will myself to fix it i just realized in that moment that i hadn't been so angry for a long time Um, and in general, you know, I have a pretty chill personality, like, things that irk other people usually, usually make me laugh, but if you press my buttons in the right way, I can really rage, you know, with the best of them. So, I I was wondering, like, why did that constant rage go away, even though I wasn't necessarily trying, consciously trying to refine that part of myself? Like I said, was it just the fact that I was a teenager and teenagers are like that? I don't really know, but I do know when I started thinking about it, I realized like as my understanding of God has evolved over the past 10 years and I've spent more time actually purposely thinking about what it means to emulate Christ and to understand what his character really is, Um, those bad habits kind of, not all bad habits, obviously, but things like being angry all the time just kind of fade away by themselves as you actually behold Christ and his true character. Like, just the whole idea of losing rationality for a second in this, in some kind of fit of rage, 
um for one thing it's it's not using your free will which is something i harp on all the time on this podcast um if you're irrationally angry about something you can't you're not using your free will um you're at the mercy basically of your animal instincts and also it's not how we're meant to exist it's not how god created us or wanted us to exist and and then you know it just makes you miserable being angry is miserable <laughs> Um, so then I was thinking about thing, the types of things that make us as humans angry and how, like, harboring resentments against people, uh, just, like, it burrows into you deeper and deeper like a tick and then you have, like, key Lyme disease before you know it. (laughs) The key Lyme disease of rage and resentment and an unforgiving attitude. (laughs) Um... And I remember when I, I think I've talked about this before, maybe when I was back in Bible worker school at AFCO, um, they had this like week of prayer thing where they told all of us that before we could be effective for Jesus, before we could be workers who were actually doing real Bible work, um, we had to go and make peace with anyone who we had old beef with. Like we had to go and forgive actually call people that we needed to forgive or ask forgiveness from or whatever um and we needed to go and make things right but at that time in my life 18 (laughs) um just doing those things just to do it just apologizing or forgiving as a token didn't really do anything for my character necessarily I mean, you could make the argument, I suppose, that doing the action helps you to mentally get there, but looking back, it didn't really for me. Um, and so, in this moment recently, when I was just super mad for, about my package, um, experiencing that human reaction and realizing, like, how foreign it had become to me, uh, it was a realization that you don't necessarily need to do the whole bunch of hoops of like, now go and think of everyone who's offended you and make it right with them before you can be a worker for God, before you can be effective, do the thing. You just, you know, the reality is you just have to, all you have to do, we have one job, like one job, and that's to figure out what's true about God and all the other stuff will iron itself out. I guarantee you that you'll be so blown away by how incredible that picture actually is and you'll be irresistibly drawn toward it and you'll want to become that because it's so beautiful. I think a lot of times in Christianity we force ourselves to become what we think God is like and we tyrannize ourselves into it but it's not a picture that it's not an idea that's inherently attractive to us but if you spend all of your time trying to figure out and realize what is actually true what is the real character of god i promise you you'll want to emulate that in your own life um and don't get me wrong like i'm not saying we should never have to 
make amends or like do the actual conversations with people yes sometimes we do need to go and apologize or forgive someone or whatever um and repair broken relationships i'm not saying we don't ever need to do that i'm just saying that doing it to check the box so you can be the bible worker or you know so you can force yourself or tyrannize yourself into something that you're not actually that (laughs) convicted about is probably not the most effective way to go about it. I would say your time is better served to just let yourself be amazed by how humans tell ourselves that God is love, but we don't ever let ourselves actually see what that means. We we don't let ourselves realize that God actually is love. Um, and when you do, and when you realize how deep and how um, unbelievable that is, I promise you won't be angry anymore. Whatever things you're angry about, whoever you can't forgive, whoever you resent, you won't. You won't resent people. You won't want to not forgive people. You'll just cry because nothing humans have ever known in this reality is that amazingly good. And that's all I have to say about it. Just go and try to see God for who he really is. And then see, see if he still feel angry.